Dr. Alan Leica here, and I'd like to welcome you to How to Live a Fantastic Life Show, where we will be discussing the important aspects of your life. We hope to inspire you to live the best life you can. Get out of your comfort zone and explore the awesome world around you. Break through your barriers. Take inspired action. Use the difficulties in your life to achieve the best version of you. Dr. Doug is a certified behavioral and personality consultant, as well as a certified neurotransformational coach. Geez, that's a big word, Doug. He is the best-selling <laughs> author of Gorilla Success and radio host of the globally syndicated Dr. Doug Radio. Welcome, Dr. Doug. Thank you, Dr. Leica. How are you? I am fantastic. Thank you for having Thanks for being here today. So, yeah, it's kind of hard to remember who's interviewing who. That's right. We've so been on each fun. other's show so often that it's been something that we we welcome each other in such a way that we're like old friends. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so what's new and exciting in Doug's world? Oh, my goodness. Well, had the uh, had had the. Uh, you know, COVID at the end of December, it was, I was fortunate and blessed. It was a very light case. And uh, so that was good. And actually, after we finish this interview, I'm heading in for my first vaccination. Great. I get mine tonight at six o'clock. So we are twins. And I also had COVID as well. Did you? Did you do pretty well? Or did you kind of get fantastic? It was a very light case as well. Thank goodness. You know, it'd be interesting to figure out why, but of course, that's not what we're here to talk about today. But, no. but it is interesting that uh, for some that have such a horrendous situation and for others that do just fine. That's right. Well, I'm glad we were in the light category. I don't like the horrendous stories I hear all the time. No, no. And they can be bad. I know. Yeah. So what events caused you to start focusing on families and ten- teenagers relative to the pandemic? You know, Dr. Like, it was interesting. Um, it was actually a couple of phone calls. Um, I, had, uh, I had done an interview with, uh, with someone who actually, as we were chatting afterwards, talked about the concern she had for her teenage daughter. And then another friend of mine called and had some concerns about her teenage son. And it really all had to do with the pandemic and what was going on with the isolation and all of that type of thing and recognizing that their children were to one degree or another, one was fairly serious, one was just trying to figure it out, but they were being affected by this. And as I looked at that, I actually did a um, profiling for one of them and really kind of looked at the personality of, of the one. And as we looked at that, recognized that there were certain things that probably they were not aware of about him. And as they became aware of how he would function more, you know, better, at least in this pandemic, I, I think that it has helped. And we're actually going to do some more stuff. Well, they say that up to 25% of children have had suicidal ideation during the pandemic. Do you find that in your clients? Well, as a matter of fact, I was just, I was online the other day looking at some of that research. And yes, the the suicide rates have increased dramatically, uh, not only among young people, but, but older individuals also, as well as the divorce rate has just skyrocketed throughout the world. 
And, and so I think that, I think what's happening is that we've got a pandemic going on here that has nothing to do with the virus. It has to do with relationships and family relationships and what's literally going on because all of a sudden their environment has changed. And where, you know, I think for many, the, the fact that, okay, I'm going to get up and go to work and yeah, I'm going to get up and go to work or I'm going to go to school and all of those things are going on. And all of a sudden we're literally faced with a dilemma of actually spending time in our family more so than we've ever had to do before because we can't immediately escape if we want to deal with an emotional situation. That's for situation. people who have families. There's many people who don't have families and live in isolation. You know, my dear mother passed away in December of, of last year, and she was adversely affected by the pandemic, not because she got the COVID virus, but because she was in isolation so much. Isolation was one of those factors that caused her dementia to get out of control. And then she died because of her dementia. But I think we're seeing a lot of that too, that other people are being affected because of the pandemic, because it's put them in isolation. Well, I agree. As a matter of fact, I smile about that. You know, in all honesty, I've been affected by that. And I actually have called my kids in the last week or so and said, hey, you got to come over because it's finally getting to me is starting to get to me because of this isolation that's going on. You know, I don't, I don't have my vaccination yet. And most other people don't have it. Uh, and although, you know, as you know, having had the virus itself, you get about three months of, of freedom there, but you know what, it, it actually started to affect me. And it's like, wow, I haven't seen anybody, you know, kids come on over. I've got to spend some time with you guys. And fortunately, they live close to me. So I'm able to do that. But but I finally started to sense the same thing you're talking about. And, yes. and you're right. It isn't just families. It's, it's individuals. And how do they deal with this isolation? And I think a lot of times it has to do with the fact that, you know, as I look at for myself, how do I deal with myself? What are, what are some of the things that I need to be doing in order to compensate for the isolation that's going on? And oftentimes we don't do that. I wasn't doing it for well, a while. You know, one of the prisoner, one of the things we subject prisoners to is when they're really bad, we put them in solitary confinement. And really, this isolation has been a form of solitary confinement in some respects. Sure, we have Zoom. Sure, we have ways to get out. Sure, we have ways of doing it. But some people do not have those techniques. Some people do not have the ability to use computers or Zoom. So they're the ones that I really worry about in all this. Um, children, I think, are badly affected because they're not out with their playmates. They're not out with their things. And the other thing that's happening in adults and others as well, the substance abuse has gone off the face of the earth. Yes, yes. And, and I think you have a good point, Dr. Leica. This human interaction is so essential in our lives. And, you know, depending on the type of personalities we have, I happen to be a little bit more, in most cases, a little bit more uh, shy and, you know, and I can isolate a little bit better than some can, but for others who are very, very, you know, interpersonal and just, you know, need to be around my friends, my daughter is that way. She needs to be around her friends and she has experienced really some real difficult times because of the fact 
that she hasn't been able to be around her friends. Yeah, and I think that's also very true of the school system because many schools have shifted to schooling at home and some parents have shifted to schooling at home. I think that may be good in some respects, but I also think it's very bad for the social context that children need. Well, I think it's bad for the social context and I think it's also bad because each child has a different learning style. And, and unfortunately, the way things are going right now, there is only one way in which it's being taught. And with that, all of a sudden, they may be only really effectively communicating with a small percentage of children because the children may be learning in a different way. Yes, I think that's very true. You know, there's different ways of learning. One is tactile. Another one is auditory. Another one is visual. And right now we've shifted mainly to the visual and auditory versus the other means that children learn in. And I think that that doesn't take into account personality types. Well, not at all. As a matter of fact, years ago, uh, years ago, when I was living in Sacramento, we had we had just moved there and I had had an opportunity to get a little bit more involved and understand this concept of tactile uh, learning. And I found a private school. I was blessed to be able to do this. And I sent my two boys there. And one of the reasons that I did that is part of their learning process was very much involved in tactile. So rather than just learning a particular mathematical equation or how to do this or how to do that. They actually literally had to show in using little objects or clay or whatever. And they actually used the tactile to show and understand how they were trying to learn a particular principle. Well, they, they were there for a year, but they will tell you even today that that made a big difference for them in understanding how to learn. And um, once, once actually that we got out of that and they were in middle school, my oldest son was in middle school and we were getting ready to leave there and head into another state. And just out of curiosity, I had attended a workshop uh, by a professor and a um, psychologist who really was very much on this concept of ADHD and talking about the fact. And of course, at that time, there wasn't much, there weren't many options other than just to medicate the kids. And at the time, and I will say this now, I understand they have much better medications now that are not stimulants, but at the time they were just stimulants. So when I knew we were going to move just at the end of the year, I said, all right, I'm going to test, have my son tested for ADD or ADHD. And sure enough, he came back. And of course, I was smiling because I knew we were not going to be there. We were leaving. But secondarily, I recognized that at least according to this uh, fellow that had talked about it was that many of those people, many of the, our children that are diagnosed with ADD or ADHD literally in some cases are just spatial thinkers. And so whether they're spatial, auditory, kinesthetic, uh, visual doesn't make any difference. So for him, what was happening is some, you know, the teachers up there teaching from a visual standpoint, and all of a sudden a bird lands on the window. And he automatically is so aware of that, that he's going to pick up on that. And something happens over here and he's able to pick up on that. And so when we got to the next school system, I immediately bought him a Palm Pilot. And I said, all right, here, here's the deal. 
you're going to take this Palm Pilot and you're going to take it to school because he really loved, you know, he loved electronics. And I said, so this is something you love to focus on. So I want you to take all your notes on this. I want you to just do it. And he did. And of course, I got a few teacher calls saying, you know what, we're going to take that away. And I'm going, oh, no, you're not. But tell me what the problem is. <laughs> of course, he had, figured, you, he had figured out how to change the TV station when they were trying to teach their class and so forth. So we had to have a bit of a discussion. But he went he went through it and he went well. And it's because literally he had that Palm Pilot, he'd do his homework there, he'd actually print, he figured out how to print on their printers at school, his homework, so he could immediately turn it in. And it made all the difference in the world for him. And even today, he ended up not going to college, uh, just wasn't his thing, but he's, he's very successful at what he's doing now, has a few companies and is just, you know, small companies and is doing wonderfully. And we did not have to medicate him. Well, that's good. My youngest daughter, we missed her ADD until she went and wrote her learner's permit. You know, the learner's permit, when you go and do that, you have to go and do a, um, a multiple choice exam. Well, she failed it 20 times before we yeah. realized what was happening is she'd read the first line and then she'd guess. And she'd leave the first line and guess. And that's one of the symptoms of ADD is that you don't follow things logically. You don't follow it that way, but you do it that way. And of course, she started on medications in high school and she went from the bottom of the class to the top of the class within two weeks. So although medications are a bit of a hardship, the newer medications are much better and they allow a person's thoughts to be straightened out without having the problems that are there. So although the school can adapt to some respects, they can't adapt in all of them. And in this day and age, it's very hard for schools to adapt in any ways. Well, and actually, I just I just interviewed some folks that actually do personal one on one coaching with kids that are experiencing ADHD. And and that's where they shared with me the latest upgrades from the standpoint of then you're right. The medications nowadays are very helpful because they're not stimulants. They're they're very helpful. They accomplish the same thing without the side effects of stimulants. And they also have ways in which they can help these kids in order to be able to learn how to focus and learn how to do things based on whatever that part of the ADHD. Well, it's very interesting that you say kids like this are spatial because my daughter became an interior designer and spoke and focuses on home staging. You know what? What's interesting too is, is, as I say, as I discuss that with some folks that have worked for years in this field, one of the conclusions that I've always had, and they validated this, that most a lot of our kids who are ADHD, and and that's the diagnosis to whatever they're going through with their learning styles and so forth, they're above average intelligence. And in, and in fact, I know I know one individual who is extremely extremely intelligent, IQ off the board. And he experiences the same thing. And as he and I have talked, he said, you know what, I would have been diagnosed that way. Because as he explained, he has the ability, everything just comes into his brain all of the time. And he had to learn how to filter it out so it could focus on the things that were important. So I, I think that gets to be really interesting. And of course, not, not all kids have ADD. They don't have ADHD. I think we have a lot of kids that are learning and because their learning style isn't matching what's happening right now in the school system, particularly with online teaching, 
they're they're experiencing some challenges and some frustration, which brings about anxiety and all of those other types of symptoms. How do personality types affect family dynamics, especially with the COVID day? You know, interesting. In fact, I, I just pulled up an article over here on my iPad. I was I was just reading the news this morning, and and here is here's the headline. Harsh parenting techniques could impact a child's brain development. Now they, you know, and then they go on to talk about the fact that in many countries, harsh parenting techniques is certainly acceptable. Um, and you know, depending on how you feel about that. But as I looked at that, I thought, okay, let, let's let's take this down a little bit to a situation where, for instance, I have a very strong personality. Okay, um, as you might be able to tell with this interview, but I happen to have that strong personality. I'm I'm very much left brain extrovert in that type of personality, which means that I can I can say things. I have to be very careful because if I'm talking to you, if we're at dinner and we're talking across the table, I'm going to be leaning in. Now, if you happen to be of the same personality type, you're going to be leaning in, too. But if you happen to be one of the opposite, you're going to be sitting back a little bit. Or if you happen to be one that's a little bit more talkative, you're going to just be going on and on and on. And I'm going to try to figure out how to shut you up for a minute so I can get a word in. And, and so we, we get into these different types of personality styles. And for those children who happen to be a unique personality style, and we all are very unique in that, and there's combinations of all sorts, there's a way to communicate with them. And if we tend to communicate the way we choose to communicate, all of a sudden, so for instance, for me, uh, Dr. Laika, I can offer my opinion real easily. And in many cases, my kids will tell you that, yeah, dad, you used to offer your opinion a lot. They've learned how to do that too. But sometimes they took it as criticism when in fact, in no way was that intended. So what happens is that based on our personality, we're going to communicate in a certain way. And yet the reality is, is that that may not be the way that our children need to be communicated with. And because of that, they're going to perceive that communication in a way that could be in some cases, not good. Yeah, I hear you, Dr. Doug. Now, one thing you've written about and spoke about are the three B's of happiness and moving forward. What are the three B's? You know what? I woke up at five o'clock this morning and I added one more. Oh, four B's then. <laughs> four B's. And, and I think because I was, I was thinking about that, I, I've thought a lot about, you know, how, how is it that we experience life? And why is it that for some, they really experience a wonderful life regardless of their circumstances? I may have mentioned to you in one of our uh, past interviews that I, in 2019, I spent about three and a half months over in Vietnam and it, not consecutively, but I went over three times and basically that's what it was. And a family had invited me to come and stay with them. They were just a wonderful family. And as I started to learn about what they were earning per month, I would tell you that here they would be in the poverty level. And yet they were some of the happiest people that I've met and some of the kindest, best friends that I will ever have. 
ever. And I looked at that and I thought how, how unique that is that regardless of what their financial circumstances might be, they're happy. And, and then we come here and obviously people who are in that situation, many still are very happy and, and love life, but many are just really not happy and they're victims. And it's like, you know what, this is what's happened to me and we need to be taken care of. And what I've recognized is that literally we're so busy thinking about what, what is it that's causing me to experience this life? And I, I remember a poem that I'm not going to read, but it, it talks about the fact that look in the mirror, stand up and look in the mirror, because as you start to experience things and you're trying to blame this person and trying to blame that person or this political party or that political party or whatever, the reality is look in the mirror, because anything that we experience we have a fair amount of responsibility for. Our perception of life is controlled by our past experiences, by, by our past imprints. So I'm going to have to hone you in, Doug, a bit, because we want to get to those four Bs before our time's up here, and we've got two minutes now. Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. I thought we had a little bit more time. That's um, okay, Doug. So... What we've learned is our listeners like to have a 20-minute show because after that, they're off to so many things. So we've had to learn because of society these days, so many people are on Zoom calls and so on. We find that 20 minutes is optimum. Did you know that? I did not know that. As a matter of fact, I still got a message from you guys that it was going to be 40 minutes. So yeah, so we, from... we are we are still in the thing, but our our listeners have told us, could you? we love your show. We love it so much but could you please keep it at 20 minutes? So this is something that we've learned because of the pandemic that we've had to curtail our loftiness. We've had to curtail our time zones because of people's wants and needs. You know, everybody's getting zoomed out these days, Doug. And that's why we've had to learn as well. We've had to meet the needs of the people out there. So something you might want to think about when you're doing your podcasts and your shows is that people want a shorter time frame. I will definitely think about that. So real quickly, be aware. Be aware of what's causing your life experiences, number one. Number two, be willing. Be willing actually to look at that and do some introspection, which becomes the third one is be courageous. Be courageous because it's going to take courage to make some of those changes. And by doing that, be free. Be happy. Find peace in your life. Well, Doug, you see how we've done that in our 20-minute time frame? We've met we all those Bs as well. We were aware. <laughs> we were courageous. And we have been in all those means to, to meet the needs of our customers. So thank you, Doug. How can people get in touch with you if they so want to? You know, they can go to my website. It's, it's inspirevisioncoaching.com. Inspirevisioncoaching.com. Everybody... Right. Do yourself a favor and go and see Doug's website because it's just as amazing as he is. And you will learn a lot. And I'd like everybody to subscribe to his services and to subscribe to his podcast. What's your podcast, Dr. Doug? Dr. Doug and Friends Radio. And that's uh, on iHeart as well as all the major podcasts. And then it's also, um, it's on two internet radio stations, W4CY Radio Back East and K4HD Radio. And it's on daily 
at 11 o'clock Pacific time. And I'd love to talk to you about that too, because I'd like my podcast to be on internet radio shows as well. So we'll have to talk offline about that. Sounds good. Let's do that. Thank you very much, Dr. Doug. Let's hey, thanks for having me. To talk. Thanks for having me on the show. Thank you very much. And thank you for meeting our time frame. I'm sorry that I had to spring that on you. That's fine. I'm glad I got that in. I'm, I, we could have talked about that a bit more, but hey, that's life. We can do it again. We will do it again. We'll have another show rather than keep people on too long and possibly leave lose them. Right. Good idea. I, I appreciate your input on that too. I'm going to think about that one. Thank you very much, Dr. Doug. Have a fantastic day. Thank you too. Take care. Bye now. Bye. I'm Dr. Alan Leica. Make sure you go to drallenleica.com. That's D-R-A-L-L-E-N, Leica, L-Y-C-K-A.com. And get a free copy of my book, The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life. And subscribe to our podcast on this page so you won't miss a single episode. Every week we have exciting guests to help you have the best life you can.